Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict Podcast, where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world, with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict on a wonderful Friday afternoon. It's wonderful because it's Saturday tomorrow. Now, online, did I say Friday? I mean, Thursday. I'm talking Australian time, that's because Gavin Sequera is on the phone here, and he's from Adelaide in the wonderful country of Australia. He comes from the land down under where women glow and men plunder, apparently. Gavin, remember those words from that song? I do. I love that song. Thanks for having me, Malcolm. It's a pleasure. Gavin is a founder and managing director of an organization called Break Free from Corporate. Now, this sounds a bit like me. We do have a lot in common, actually, because we discussed things the other day. He had a successful corporate career working for some technology giants, and we won't specify who they are, but you've heard of both of them, and decided to branch out on his own. Yes, a good idea for those who haven't considered it before. So academically, He's got a BA and he's got a master's degree, so he's like fit for the assignment here. But Gavin also has um, history. Lives in Australia now, but that wasn't always the case. So, Gavin, uh, one thing that uh, you mentioned um, to me the other day, you came from what you described as a, a worn, torn country. Why don't you describe your upbringing and how you came to live in Australia? Yeah, sure. Well, firstly, Malcolm, thanks for having me on the podcast. And look, I've been following some of the work you're doing and, and I love the stories and I love the fact that you get out there and you travel and you explore the world and, you know, you, you meet new people and you learn new cultures. And really, that's what I love doing. And that, that's something we definitely have in common. Uh, but going back to my corporate days, I, uh, you know, I did everything that Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, from Robert Kiyosaki talked about, which was, you know, go to school, work hard, study hard, go to college, get a good job, and you work there and, you know, maybe one day you retire on a pension and that's one way of doing things. And to be honest, Malcolm, I I just always struggle with that concept because I'm, I'm like a bird. I can't be caged up. <laughs> and I love, to, I love to travel. I love to move around. And I've, I was born in Pakistan. My, my, my family are a uh, half Portuguese, half Indian uh, sort of mix. So we come from a place called Goa in India. Um, although I've never really lived in India, I've been there many times, but I have family in Brazil, in Portugal, in all sorts of places like you wouldn't believe, Bermuda, um, Canada, everywhere. And one of the great things about my family and my background is we we love to travel and we love culture and we love getting around. And so early in my corporate career, I took jobs that enabled me to travel. So when I worked for companies like IBM and Oracle and all, I traveled all around Asia. I traveled all around the US and places like that. And I thought, this is how it's meant to be. But I didn't like the politics of 
the night, you know, the the corporate life, if that makes sense. And I didn't like the uh, all all the stuff that that kind of the pressures and having to conform to a certain um, you know certain way of doing things and having having your wings clipped and you know just not having the freedom to be yourself and be authentic. And um, I kind of meandered over 10 or 12 years in the corporate life. And I did well. Um, like you said, I had an MBA and I did all of these different things to tick these boxes. But I slowly started to, to wander and I, I started reading books. I started uh, doing personal development. I traveled a lot. And I, I figured life was a lot more exciting if I tried to do something I was passionate about. And that's, I guess, where I ended up here. And, you know, 35 years ago, my family decided to immigrate to Australia. And, uh, you know, this was around the time of the, uh, well, really the Kuwait and Iraq war, the Gulf right. War. And um, so, you know, back in 1989, uh, we were living, I was living in Kuwait for 10, 11 years and as a young kid. And, um, you know, times were tough back then because you didn't have the internet. You, you know, a lot of the world didn't know what was going on in that region of the world. And it was quite a troublesome region. You had wars between Iraq and Iran and Kuwait was in the middle. So I grew up as a kid with bombs going, you know, missiles flying overhead every day. And they would they would blow up in, in different parts and the ground shook and all of that. But I thought that was normal. I didn't know any different. <laughs> and then we come to Australia, um, you know, in, in 1990. And this was just after the, the tanks had rolled into Kuwait. And uh, I you know, it took me by surprise living in a different land, you know, where you people had trees in their backyard and uh, you could drink water out of a tap. I mean, these are all the things I couldn't do back home in Kuwait. And uh, so that was that was sort of my journey into the Western world, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's very interesting. You were in Kuwait when uh, the Iraqis came in, right? Uh, well, actually, um, a li- well, it was sort of a transitory thing because they came in over time and we were there when they were initially positioning their tanks yeah. all across the they surrounded the country. Um, they started moving some troops in. My dad, uh, a few years before that, was involved in a hijacking where a plane was 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 captured and taken uh, to Iran and, and people were killed and it was all terrible. So there was a buildup of escalate, escalating um skirmishes and things like that that were happening and you know we decided we just needed to get out we were a young family I was one of uh four kids uh, yep. you know, and my parents wow. uh, needed to needed to get out for their own safety for our safety and so we did we managed to come to Australia and literally a few months after we came it was officially declared a war in Kuwait so it, but you have to go back unofficially and it was always a troublesome region yeah unbelievable unbelievable yeah. Um, yeah it just came into my head when you were talking there and with with pakistani and indian roots so to speak and then you're in australia now they have one yeah. thing in common don't they all those three countries <laughs> cricket yes that's fine. cricket 100 percent cricket uh i love cricket i've grown up and and to be honest malcolm i've always been conflicted because which side do I bat for, right? Or which side do I, <laughs> I, I, I barrack for? And I've always barracked for all three. Um, but obviously, the longer I stay in Australia, my my um, tendencies tend to be more Australian, as you would expect. But I always have a soft spot for the countries I came from because oh, absolutely. You, know, you, you never really let go. You never let go of your roots. And uh, 
Um, I love to see a good game, and I love cricket, and I'm, I'm sure you do as well. Well, yeah, I grew up on a, uh, coming from England, of course, and uh, yeah. uh, obviously there's big rivalries uh, within the cricket team, and, and one of the great players died the other day, Sh- Shane Warne, of course. Read about that. Oh yeah, yeah, which is which is really sad. And I always tell people it's the only sport. It's a, it's a very old sport. It's one of the oldest sports in the world. But cricket is the only sport that can last for five days and end up in a draw. And I tell that That's to people right. here. They can't get their head around that. You know, it's, it's so strange. Now, now to talk, talking about cricket, I um, I actually went to the Cricket World Cup in the Caribbean uh, when it were. I think that was about. Uh, Oh, a little over 10, 11 years ago, and travelled all around the Caribbean, went to all the different countries and Jamaica and, um, you know, uh, St. Probably Lucia Barbados, and, of course. Barbados, probably. Oh, Barbados, and, uh, of course, 100%. Yep, you know, and, and this is just to show you how much I love travelling and if I could, you know, incorporate sport with it and, and all of that. It was just amazing. Got to meet Brian Lara, the captain of the West Indian cricket team, had a drink with him. You know, I met quite a few of the Australian team. Um, but, yeah, look, it was just a – I mean, I love sport, but I love the travel aspect is just something that I've always grown up with. You know, I've I've lived overseas. I travel a lot. Um, obviously, the last couple of years has really been a, a downer because it's put, yeah. a, it's put a, a halt on, on travelling. But having said that, within Australia, you know, we, we can travel. Um, and now that things are starting to open up, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of getting back on the back on the uh, exploratory wagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so am I, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Going back to your education, yeah. it, it, and I know you're your MBA, but you also yeah. completed a program called Unleash the Power Within Program with the Robbins Research. Is that Tony Robbins's program? Or is yeah, it- that's right. It's Tony, yeah, it's Tony oh, okay. Robbins. So. Um, that was one of the first personal development programs I did. Now, I did quite a number of things towards the latter, latter one or two years of my corporate career because, like I said, uh, Malcolm, I was, I was disillusioned with my work. I was, you know, wanting an escape. I was looking for a way out. I didn't quite know what it was, and I needed to do some introspective soul-searching. So I, I read Tony Robbins. I went to his seminar. I walked on fire. Um, I was in a in a, in a big auditorium at four thousand people. We went outside and they had all these these um, you know uh, cold pits uh, that where the fire was burning at you know, a thousand degrees or whatever it was, and you had to walk across it. And quite amazing, amazing and uh, life changing to a, to a degree because it got you out of your comfort zone. You got to meet some people from all kinds of walks of life, and and, and I guess from that moment onwards, I I really had a different perspective. You know, my perspective was life is too short to just stay in your one little lane and play it safe. And you got to try things. you got to explore and give it a go. And I, yeah. I guess, you know, that, that was about 17, 18 years ago for me. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. Well, um, great. Now, of course, you you did start to do your own thing and uh, the light turned on there. And I, I just remember my first job was when I was in, in England and working for the, uh, the, the telecommunications company at the time. Yeah. And I went through the training. And but promotion was based on seniority, not performance. Right. Which which is was really strange to me. And people said, well, just the way it is. And so I was out of there. And I, I could never understand that logic at all. But anyway, you branched out, did your own thing, and you've got all this you've got all this training under your belt now. Now, what you do today, you sort of uh, inspire other people to live their dream, right? 
And I just wonder how you do that. You tell them your story, of course, but how do you sort of empower people to get to a place where they're going to be happy with, happier, I should say? Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, relating it back to my story, um, I, I, I look for, I gravitate towards people who have done or walk have walked in my shoes uh, or are walking in the shoes I used to walk in because yeah. I can resonate with what they're going through. I can empathize. And it took me many years to figure this out, Malcolm. I, you know, th- what I'm doing today is not where I started off 15 years ago. I, when I left the corporate world, I, I went into a franchise business. Um, that was good to a point. Then I figured out, hang on, I don't own the franchise. Um, you know, I just, I'm really leasing it out. I can't make any decisions on product or pricing or or this or that. And so my hands are tied. Once again, I'm, I'm not really comfortable with that. Then I, I started my own consulting business. That was good, but it was all me. I didn't have any systems. I didn't have any people. And I figured, hang on a second, I've just created another job. So then I tried uh, building websites and apps for local businesses in the area. That was great until I found out, hang on, I've got to train their staff how to use it. And that wasn't really where I wanted to be. And so I, I went through all these different iterations and I got into an accidental mode of coaching business owners. Because as I was talking to more and more people, they would ask me, Gavin, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And how did you make that switch? And how did you transition? And how did what were the first things you did? Or what did you read? Or, you know, and I started giving out this advice, and I became a, an accidental business coach, or, or a mentor. And I didn't even know what that was. And I liked it. I liked it. And I had to figure out a way to get better. And so I I got help from my mentors today who run business training programs um, that teach people how to put systems in place and how to, you know, how to plan things out. And so I help people now that are getting started and want a different lifestyle, how to put some fundamental things in place, how to grow their skills, how to expand their mindset, think differently, and then plan their future so they can have a different outcome if they want. Yeah, it's absolutely extremely valuable. I just wanted this because some of, some of the things seem to be common sense, but you know, or they they bound be sort of a bit wary of doing stuff. I know when I got the travel bug at an early age, but because yeah. of my work, I landed up traveling extensively, and because I started a business with a partner of mine, we decided that after a couple of years where we'd really capitalize on North American market, we said, you know what? We could sell overseas and go to the international markets. Now, to a lot of people, they may not think of that, but there's a whole wealth of opportunities overseas. And one of the things I did, and you probably did this, is learn a bit about the people's culture, learn about the history of the land. So you go in there hitting the ground running, and you want to get along with these people, but if you show them some respect and You've done your homework about how they conduct business, their culture, and a little bit about the history, and uh, all of a sudden you'll become their friends. They'll want to do business with you. It works every time. There's a gold mine of opportunities out there if people wanted to explore the international markets, and it's a great thing to do. I don't know if you you were involved with something like that, but uh, it helped us immensely as a, a business. Great thing to do. So uh, that's that's my claim to fame, international business, and I would recommend that to anyone. You get to that point where people reach their dreams. It could be at work or it could be personal things, couldn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, look, a lot of the time it is it is personal because, you know, people might be doing really well um, in their corporate careers, in their jobs, and but – 
but it hits a point where you have to balance other areas of your life. So, you know, I've seen people uh, that are debt-free, that financially they don't have any worries, right? They're they're doing very well in their corporate career, but their health has taken a really bad toll. Uh, Maybe their marriages and their relationships are not doing well because their work is everything. It, it literally has taken over their life. They have dedicated their, their life, their soul to the business and they, they haven't got balance. And at the end of the day, it's all, it's all about how do you live a more fulfilled lifestyle? How do you balance things out a little bit more? Because believe it or not, Malcolm, you can't take all this stuff with you into the next life. You just can't. You're going to no. have to leave it here. And you can accumulate, you can build wealth, you can, you can have all the riches in the world, but... The, the, the biggest riches are, are here. And, and unfortunately, I've found just through my experience, and I haven't been here as long as some people have, but you know, people try and build this material wealth, but they don't try and they don't try and build the, the stuff inside. And through traveling and through meeting other cultures, you you start to realize, you know, maybe in the Western world we're a little bit spoiled <laughs> sometimes. Uh, you know, yeah. Maybe we forget we forget some of the basics. And I'll give you a little example. Um, I many years ago I was traveling in South America and what a wonderful place I'm sure you've oh, been. Yeah. And uh, you know I was in uh, I was in um, in Bolivia and uh, walking the streets and it's it's actually noted in the Lonely Planet Guide as one of the poorest countries in the world. Now I thought that was quite surprising because when I landed there I met some of the the loveliest people I've ever met. And I remember walking down the street one day and there was. Uh, uh, you know, a, a mother and a father and a little baby, just it's just young family on the side of the road. They had nothing but a box that they lived in. And uh, I walked, you know, I was with my, a couple of friends. I walked past, waved to them. They smiled and and I was practicing my Spanish. So uh, they asked me to sit down with them and I, I I did. I sat down with them and and they were so happy, you know, and I said, hola, como estas? And t- started talking to them a little bit. And, and uh, before I knew it, the dad opened up a little packet and he had this thing called an empanada. It's a little, it's a little. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And he broke, broke it into three pieces, one for me, him and his wife and a tiny piece for his, his baby. And I thought, Oh, I can't, I can't do this. This is all he has. This is literally all he had. Yeah, no. And I said, wait, 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 wait here. I'm going to go across the road and get something for you, but he wouldn't have a bar of it. He wanted to offer me his hospitality. And I, Malcolm, I, I started crying. I couldn't help it. I, I was so overwhelmed. It's a shock to the system. Because there I was. It's a shock to the system because he was happy. They were happy. They they were living a happy existence. Sure, they didn't have a lot of material wealth, but they were just happy with where they were, who they were as people, and they were happy to extend their hospitality. And I'll never forget that because I've stayed in five-star hotels. I've stayed in luxury places where you feel empty inside, but I felt more alive in that moment with those people. And what I try and teach people, even through our program and just in, in talking to people is don't forget to live your life. Don't, don't just get so busy working and making money and accumulating wealth and all. Do things that make a difference. If you have a passion, if there's an idea in your mind that you'd like to try something, let's talk about it. Let's see how we can start that on the side. Don't risk your current job, but see if that can translate to something that can over time you know, help you get to a better place and maybe mend some of those relationships or, or work on your personal life a little bit more. And so I guess it's a it's a holistic, balanced approach. Oh, yeah. That's kind of where I get a little bit of joy. These yeah, days. well, I, I agree with you on that. It's funny that uh, you, you 
you know, um, happiness does not equate to wealth. That's for sure. That's what the, that's the, what the Buddhists say. And something similar to you, I was in the Mongolia, camping in the Mongolian wilderness a few years back, but I did spend the day with a nomadic family and I found out the way they live. Munshri, they were poor, but they were happy. Yeah. So I, I said to the head of the family, the uh, the father, I said, uh, why don't you give, go and live in Ulaanbaatar? Um, seems a nice city. It's, okay, three million people. It's big, but it's not that big. But they've got all modern facilities. He said, not a chance. This is where his ancestors grew up. They, they've been living their life, and that's all that. And they bring their kids up there, and they're happy living that life. So I, I get it. Well, hey, all power to them. And uh, but they definitely were not rich by any means. But they had their animals, had the farm, and uh, they live in a, a yurt, which is which is a tent. So uh, yes, <laughs> it, you know, each to their own. I, I just, each to their own, I guess. Um, each to their own, and we're not, you know, we're not saying that uh, uh, people have to give up what they have and and literally, you know, uh, like um, uh, Robin Sharma he, uh, says in in a book called the, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. You know, it, we're not saying people have to give up their riches and, and go and, and live this nomadic lifestyle, but, um, yeah, there's a bit of balance. And I think, like you quite rightly pointed out, the world is so rich in culture and history. And just by getting out there and, and meeting and talking to people, I think that can enrich us itself. And then it might get us to think differently on life and, and what we're doing and where our priorities are, et cetera. And so um, I love the fact that you've traveled to that many countries. I can... I can. I, I want to get there one day. I think I'm, I'm halfway there. But I, you know, I I love that aspect of it, and uh, I love sharing those stories. It's educational. So it's educational above all. And you know, I can explain my stories to to people. If I tell them I'm going somewhere, they say, "Why on earth would you want to go there?" Well, I know I want to <laughs> go there, but let me tell you something else that you probably don't know. I obviously yeah. lived in uh, the United States of America previously, in England, Singapore a little bit, and. Um, yeah, they're, they're very developed countries, but we're not the best at everything we do. And we could pick up some things or learn something from other countries and cultures in the world. And I think we can, oh, but it's that lack of communication, I guess. But it's um, enlightening, uh, as you know, and educational, which is what I do today. I do the talk on the cruise ships, and uh, it's it's nice doing these talks of enriching people. Like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, that's the way it is. So, you know, you're enjoying life today, and you'll you'll keep traveling for, um, you know, a, a lot longer. But you know, when when a guy is or a lady is in the corporate world, and mm. you know, you can enlighten them. I say, hey, just branch out. There has to be a limit, though. I don't yeah. think it's an age, but you know, when a comp- a person has so much seniority in a company, and the benefits are so good. And why would mm. they want to take a risk to do something on their own? It may need a financial investment. It may need something, and they're not prepared to take the risk. It's, I'm no, I, I don't want. I want to when it's not worth the risk at this time of my life. So I'm just going to try and retire early. I get that as well. You know, oh, totally, totally. Yeah, look, um, there are different people who find something like this attractive because obviously, if you are heavily invested in the company you're working for, you might even have shares in there. You you might be at a director level or, or very senior management level where, right. you know, you just sit it out and there's a very big payday uh, awaiting you and all. 
it make it doesn't make a lot of sense to throw that away. And you know, no. that one thing I, I do realize and I appreciate is you don't want to risk the house or risk putting food on the table just to pursue something. But there are a lot of people I also know that get to a certain point in their life where they go, I wish I tried this. Or I wish I'd given this a go. And um, I, I guess I'd never really know. And maybe when you're slightly younger, um, so, you know, I would probably say people who have worked for at least maybe eight to 10 years in the corporate life. So they've had a good feel for things and they've, they've either worked out, hang on, I need to try something now a little bit different just to shake it up a bit. So they're not institutionalized yet at that point, yep. uh, but they're ready to try something else. Um, I, I say try it while you have the ability, you know, while you have the resources, while you have the strength, the energy, give something a go. If you want to learn to play the guitar, play the guitar. If you want to learn to surf, learn to surf. You know, if you want to play a sport, obviously everything is better when you do it younger because you just oh, have the vitality. Absolutely. Right? I think you get yeah. to a point in life where you yeah. may think like I did. If I don't do it now, I never will. All right. That's if right. you've had an idea, idea for a piece of technology and I thought, well, if I don't do it now, I never will. And I'm glad I'm glad we, we did it at that time because I would have yeah. I still would have been in the corporate world. I have no idea. So <laughs> and there's a there's a great uh, there's a great book by uh, a lady called Bronnie Ware. Uh W-A-R-E, Bronnie Ware. Now she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And she interviewed thousands of people who were on their um pretty much on their deathbed. She was a palli- palliative nurse. And so she would talk to people, you know, about their last few days uh, on earth and what did it all mean? Would they take anything back? Did they have any regrets? And not a single one of them said, I wish I worked longer. I wish I worked longer hours. I wish I'd, do you know what they all pretty much said? I wish I had more fun. I wish I spent more time with my friends and family. I wish I uh, took time out to smell the roses, like that sort of thing. And I guess these are life lessons we can learn, which is, you might have an amazing career and that's fantastic, but what, what is the cost of that to your personal life or to, to the people around you? And I know people who've, who've got amazing jobs, amazing careers, but they don't see their kids. They don't spend time with their family. Their family life suffers. And, um, and then people end up being resentful of that. So, you know, I just, when people have hit that burnout stage, that's what I tend to talk to them. And we ask these questions and it's, where are you at? You know, what are you thinking? Are you, are you are you curious to to learn a bit more? Do you want to you know explore some options? But I never say to people, I think you should you should do this or do that because they've got to arrive at that point themselves. Exactly. You know, and, uh, and when they're ready, you know, they say when the the student is ready, the teacher will come and so or appear. And I like to think, you know, when people are ready, I'm I'm happy to help them, and uh, we we put it out there, and uh, each to their own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, some people just have no interest in doing that uh, for, for whatever yeah. reason. I need to respect it, but and but you know, people like us, and there's plenty of them out there who said, "Yeah, I probably should think about it." Don't have any regrets. I say to me, "Don't have any regrets when you're lying on your deathbed yeah. and they get ready to pull the plug." Right? You know, you want to. Have yeah, any- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm t- just um, just some opinions here. Uh, you, you've obviously sure. traveled a, a fair bit. You've got a lot more to do. And you've been to some great places. You've probably been to some um, places that were, I guess, not as good as you thought they would be. 
What's what's your favorite place you've been to? Not not lived because I know you lived there for a but but uh, favorite place uh, that you've been to for a vacation or visited? Oh look, wow, that's that's tough. Um, I I loved I loved um, places like Peru. Um, I loved places like uh, I went to some remote villages in China. It's really hard to pinpoint one place, but I'll tell you the thing that was in common with all of these were the people um, and just the look. I, I loved uh, going to um, some of the some of the northern parts of Thailand. Um, I loved traveling to um, some of the islands in the Caribbean, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, I loved going to <laughs> I like going going to Denmark. You know, I, I, there are parts in the UK that I love traveling. Picking one place is really tricky for me because I, it's not so much the place that holds dear to, to my heart. It's it's the people and the experiences. Yes. Like I've walked on the Great Wall of China and I remember standing there one time thinking, this doesn't mean a lot apart from the fact that I get to share this experience with one or two people that are with me right now. Because if they weren't there, it really doesn't mean a lot to me, but I, I like the fact that I could share that experience. And even if I'm in a group of strangers, just having that ability to share that experience for me means a lot. And um, but yeah, sometimes the the, the poorer, less developed nations uh, have a lot more um, richness in culture. I find so you know, for example, Brazil. Brazil is a fantastic place to go to if, if people haven't been. The, the culture, the music, the the dancing, the the food, you know, you don't even have to speak the language. People smile all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's an amazing thing. Well, you probably <laughs> you speak Portuguese, I would think. Yeah. And going to Brazil, you'd fit right in. Yeah. I, I went there. No, and I never bit, had yeah. a I never had a language <laughs> issue. Uh funny you should mention the Great Wall of China. I walked on that. I don't know what came to my mind, but do you know it's thirteen thousand one hundred and seventy-seven miles long? I I did actually come across that statistic. Yes. <laughs> I just things like that enter my it's, head. It's something else I've learned along the way. It's scary. It's scary that remember. that should have just appeared in my brain cells right now. Um, what is the um, I use this term generally most overrated place you think you've been to? Um, look, uh, that's a good question. I think. Um, It'd probably be some of the bigger cities uh, or the, the more modern cities, uh, places like, oh, I don't really want to say, I don't really want to put down a place that no, way, I but, don't, um, no, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it, look, I've been to, I've been to, oh, you're, you're not going to like me, but I've, I've been to, I've been to London many times. I've been to the, the, the UK, you know, and I, I, I love it. Um, but, but for me personally now, I get more joy going outside, like traveling an hour or two outside of, of the, the main city. So if I go to London, it's not that exciting for me anymore. I've done the Piccadilly, I've done the, I've done all the Oxford Square, You've done I've done all, all the, the main. Stuff. Uh, and know, it's gross, and, grossly expensive as well. You know, we go oh, and, 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 and and then the weather and all of that. So unless it's a, you know, you really love the. the you love that aspect of it. Um, for me, I, I can't. I get itchy feet to get out. Out of the get into the suburbs or the, the countryside, and but one place I'll tell you the opposite. I have the opposite feeling for is New York, and 
Um, you know, I, you could stand in Times Square and, yes, it is exactly how it appears on TV and it yep. is exactly that energy and it, you never get bored and uh, I, there's something about it. It's a magical feeling. You land in, land in New York and you just feel that vibe. And so you can be in two very similar cities and one you might really be a, a, have an affinity for and the other not. So yeah, that, that, apologies that, about that. London. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I uh, yeah. Um, I saw more yeah. of London since I left England. Funny look, so I, I was probably, sort of commentary in the, probably, in the yeah. middle, but yeah, and then then uh, I went back to London a couple of times to to see yeah. there is to see in London. But yeah. I'll be back there in June. I told you before, and uh, we're just going to rent in a house in the English countryside. Um, there you go, in right. a so- place called Chipping <laughs> Camden in the Cotswolds. Beautiful, and it just so happens awesome. to be the Queen's Jubilee, I should say, and wow. uh, so it's going to be sort of busy there. And uh, what's taking place? And this may surprise you, so mess with your head, Gavin. The week I'm there, the Olympic Games are taking place. Oh, wow. Wow. But it's yeah. not what you think. It's the medieval, okay. it's a medieval Olympic Games that oh, came out amazing. there. That's played uh, centuries before the, the Olympic Games now. Because um, they, you know, maybe it's been in China recently. No, it's the medieval Olympic Games, and it's in the Cotswolds, that area. So they do these famous oh. sports like tug of war, shin kicking, yeah. sticking ferrets down their pants, and stuff like that. Oh, real, stra- that. Yeah. <laughs> real yeah. strange stuff. Oh, that'd be amazing to be. That that would be. That'd just be amazing to be at. Um, I, it's I gotta, hope it's got to be food. a laugh. It's got to be a laugh. I, I guess there's going to be some drinking done there, not necessarily by me, but I think a little bit of drinking done there. So where's next up for you? Um, if you get out of town next, where do you think you'll go to? Look, um, yeah, look, uh, well, I, I think uh, until things ease up a little bit with international travel, it's starting to open up. I think there is quite a bit to do even within your own country. You know, yeah. I, I, quite often um, I bump into a lot of Australians when I travel overseas. Uh, and the funny thing is, and when I talk to them, they haven't, uh, Aussies haven't travelled a lot within Australia. We're, we're famous for travelling. You, you will find an Australian in every part of the world. You know, I've been to remote parts of the world where, you wouldn't think you'd bump into another countryman and our accents are very you know very peculiar they stand out and so when you hear another Aussie accent I guess it's probably like hearing an English accent you go where are you from and then you realize they're from your own backyard and so I think at least for the next little while um, we're going to do a bit of exploring within Australia um, and there's plenty to do in the outback and there's plenty, you know, we have rainforests, we have, um, you know, we've got uh, the, the outback, the wilderness, we've got nice, beautiful cities and, and beautiful reefs and harbours and all of that. So, And we've got a lot of wineries, you know, we're a, we're a, yes, a, a wine-rich right, yeah. country. So, uh, um, you know, exploring some of the, the, all of that I think will be fantastic. And then, yes, I can't wait to get out and uh, maybe do a trip to the U.S. shortly after, take my wife there. No. And incidentally, talking about uh, that, if I can indulge for just a sec, I actually met my wife while traveling overseas. So that's how much I have an affiliation for, you know, just being out there and you never know what can come out of it. So I met my wife in Singapore and she's Australian. And Oh, <laughs> You know, and you know, she was there on on a holiday. I was there for a wedding uh, for one of my mates, and uh, we bump into each other, you know, as, as you do, and realize, hang on a second, we would never have met otherwise if we hadn't met there. 
and because uh, she's from she is from uh, Adelaide or from from South Australia, and I'm I was from um, the eastern part, from Sydney and Melbourne, um, and uh, you know we both happened to meet in a, in another country, and now we we come back, and so isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Well, my it wife's really American. Is. She's from Georgia, so uh, you know. That's what happens, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's strange, Put isn't it? So, out there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's all. It's life is good, though. All right, uh, Gavin. If if anyone wants to get hold of you and they want your words sure. of wisdom, where can they get hold of you at? Uh, what is what is your website name actually? Okay, so the website is simply called breakfreefromcorporate.com. Very easy, all one word, and I, you know, it's what I'm what I've got here, but. If you want to connect with me and just have a chat, um, I love talking to people and connecting and, and I'm very open and I respond reasonably quickly, as you know. So you can reach me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably my preferable um, yeah. uh, port. So just look up Gavin Sequera or Break Free From Corporate. You'll find me. It's very easy. I'm also on Facebook, uh, but you know, LinkedIn is where I, I connect with, with more professionals. And exactly. Just reach out. Drop me a line. Yeah, drop me a line. Tell me, tell me, you know, what you're thinking, and let's have a chat. And uh, if there's any way I can help or point you in the right direction, I'm happy to do that. Excellent. Well, you you never know. You may hear uh, from someone. LinkedIn is to me is probably the best form of communication. Uh, it's not so noisy okay. as Twitter or, or Facebook these days. So uh, that, that's good. But it's it's professional as well. So that's a good place to start. Yeah. I know you're, you you have a couple of things on videos online as well. But yeah, I'll let people get hold of you if they got any questions and uh, you you have at it. But anything else you want to say, Gavin? Yeah. Look, the only thing, uh, Malcolm, uh, I can I can say is if anyone's interested or has thoughts on, gee, what else could I be doing, um, you know, on the side of I, I'm I've got itchy feet and I'm thinking of of something, um, I do have an ebook that I can offer your audience as a as a as a free gift, um, and you know I'll give you the link and and it's called the eight bulletproof ways to escape your nine to five without risking your income. So I talk about a few strategies on how you can do this. And it's it's a short PDF. It'll take someone twenty minutes to read, okay. but I think it'll really open up some some thoughts and on how to go about this in a safe way that makes sense for you. So you can get that on my website. It's on my LinkedIn. Um, I'm happy to send the link through. But uh, you know that's one way you can uh, you can you know pass that knowledge on. So I hope that makes a difference. Excellent. All right, Gavin. Well, it's been fun talking to you. It's uh, yep. it's Friday for you. It's Thursday evening. For me, the end of St. Patrick's Day. People go to right. St. Patrick's Day here. And I, I say to people, hey, what about St. George's Day, the patron saint of England? And they said, who's that? You know, he doesn't make any difference. St. Patrick, you know, is, is, is the main guy yeah, here. Right. <laughs> anyway, Gav, good to talk to you. Keep in touch. And uh, thanks very much. Let, let me know yeah, your travel, all right? Will do. Stay in touch. Thanks a lot for your time. Thanks, buddy. Take, Take care, care, man. Bye bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.